Okay, it seems like fall might actually be here, and you can satisfy those seasonal cravings just in time with Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice Blend. Packed with powerful superfoods, Gold Pumpkin Spice supports rest and relaxation with a touch of spice to make it your best holiday season treat. Formulated to deliver the same amazing benefits as Organifi Gold, but with a special spice to help curb those fall cravings. It has 12 USDA certified organic superfoods. It tastes delicious in warm water or in milk. There's no sugar, so you can enjoy this warm dessert-like tea guilt-free. It tastes so good right before bed, and you will wake up refreshed and feeling great. This is such a treat for fall. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods for less than $3 a day. Go to www.organifi.com slash bestofyou and use code bestofyou for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash bestofyou and use code bestofyou for 20% off any item. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Best of You podcast. I am so glad you keep coming back each week to learn more about this work of establishing healthy boundaries and all of these different things we're diving into that relate to this topic. I have so appreciated, again, just your comments, your feedback, the reviews you've been leaving on Apple, on Spotify, all the reviews you've been leaving on Amazon related to my book, The Best of You. It just means so much to hear from you and to read about how the podcast, how the book is helping you, the questions that you have. It helps me just feel encouraged to continue to go deeper and deeper into some of these topics. Every week, I'm trying to expand and go a little more deeply, especially in this series called Boundaries in the Bible. We're really kind of drilling deep into what it means to do this work inside of yourself first, right? To get really clear, to get really centered on the inside of you so that you know what your convictions are, you know what you need to protect, you know what's valuable to you, you know what matters to you, you know those key relationships, those core values, those desires that you want to move toward in partnership with God. You've done the work, you've discerned, and now inevitably we bump up against obstacles and challenges even in the healthiest relationships in our lives where we have to have hard conversations. We have to say no from time to time. In some instances, we have to say no and or we have to negotiate the boundary lines. And so that brings us to today's episode. We've talked through some of these bigger picture themes. And today I really want to get into brass tacks. So we're going to get into three types of no that you have to say that we all have to say in life. It would be so nice if we could just waltz through life and agree with everything that everybody else wants for us. But it doesn't work that way. Again, even in our healthiest of relationships, we have to learn to really pay attention before God 
to what we need to say yes to. And inevitably, that will mean we have to say some no's in our life. I want to get into three categories, three types of no based on this spectrum of toxicity we talked about in episode 24 last week. So these different ways of saying no relate to where this relationship where the patterns of behaviors that this person has demonstrated over time fall on that spectrum of toxicity. Because depending on where that person's behaviors fall on that spectrum, you're going to insert your no, you're going to insert your boundary in a different way. All right, so here we go. Let's get started. Number one, the first category of no I want to touch on is this category of saying no in your healthy relationships. Now, it's such a different thing to go to someone you love, someone you trust, someone you have a really incredible history with and say no. Sometimes this is a hard no to say because we love this other person, right? We we don't want to disappoint this person, but because of the demands on our time, because of our own limitations, because of the way God is leading you, you sometimes find yourself in the position of having to say no to good things, to otherwise healthy things, right? We can't say yes to everything. And so this first category is how do we say no in a healthy way? Because we want to honor the other person. We want to honor the relationship. It might be honoring an organization. We might want to honor a work colleague, you know, a boss that we respect. We want to show respect, but we still have to say no. And for many of us, you struggle with this, right? Because you're very empathetic. You have a kind heart. You never want to disappoint other people. Maybe your conditioning has taught you that it's wrong to disappoint other people, that you should, you know, bend yourself into contortions to always say yes. And so you've just learned that. And so you don't even know how to develop this no muscle, even in a healthy relationship. But here's the thing. If you don't learn how to say no in your healthy relationships, you risk becoming resentful you risk introducing unhealth into a relationship that has potential to be really healthy. It's a paradox, right? So in many ways, you're learning how to say no. You're learning how to honor your limits in a respectful way is the best thing you can do for the long-term, ongoing, sustainable health of this relationship. Here are some examples. Let's say your spouse really loves to spend the holidays with his family, and this is challenging for you. You love your spouse. You love how much he loves his family or she loves her family, but there's a cost to you, right? This happens, again, even in the healthiest of relationships. The people we love and who are healthy and who want the best for us still have blind spots, right? And so, if you've been going along and doing this and and all of a sudden you're starting to notice resentment, you're starting to notice, I don't want to do that this holiday. You've got to learn how to speak up for yourself in a healthy way so that, you know, that all that anger doesn't mount, doesn't pile up on the inside of you. And then it comes out in an unhealthy way. 
Another example is maybe you have a friend who loves to travel, who loves to eat out. Maybe she loves to spend a lot of money. Maybe she has more time on her hands. Maybe she just prioritizes her time and money in a different way. You can't or don't want to, or maybe you don't have the money to spend all this time traveling, going to expensive dinners. You know, there's ways in which you prioritize differently. You love this friend, right? You cherish your friendship, but maybe you need to figure out a way to let her know that you're going to have to do things a little bit differently. You're going to have to say some no's, okay? Another example, your colleague or maybe your church wants you to take on a new responsibility that you don't have capacity for. You love this organization. You love this person asking you. You want to be there for them. But the truth is, if you say yes to them, you're going to jeopardize your own health, your own family, other commitments that are really important to you. So the point is, we have to learn to set boundaries to say no, even in our healthy relationships. And again, if you've struggled with people-pleasing, with codependency, or you were conditioned to always put other people first, this can be challenging to assert your preferences, even with people who are probably going to honor that no. So again, first of all, you have to do that inner work that we've been talking about. You have to start paying attention to those little messages that creep into your mind that say things like, it's okay, just take one for the team, just do it again, it won't hurt anybody. You know, just start paying attention, right? If you're someone who's been conditioned to always say yes, to always put the other people first, start to pay attention and just try Try exercising your no muscle. Here's how to do that. Now, again, this is for your healthy relationships. You're going to use a different strategy with folks who are more on the toxic side of that spectrum. So this is for a relationship that for the most part, you're discerning, you're saying, this is someone I actually think will respect my no, right? And so it's still, it's really, I'm really aware. And so many of you will say that to me like, I know that that they'll be okay with it. I can't get myself to do it. And I got to tell you guys, I have been there and sometimes I still find myself in this position of saying yes to someone who would have respected my no. And it was because of me. It was because I just let my conditioning, I let that people-pleasing part of me get the best of me. Okay? So, Here's how to do it. And I'm adapting this from chapter six of The Best of You. Start with yes, okay? What is the yes you need to say to yourself that means you're gonna have to say this no? This goes back to episodes 21 and 22 where we talked about what is a promise you have made to yourself? What is a promise you have made to yourself that is important to you, that is going to get you over the hump of saying, you know what? I think I need to say no to this. I need to exercise my no muscle. Number two, don't go into it with criticism. Sometimes those of us who we have to almost get into a fight response inside of us to say no, even in a healthy situation. And so we're tempted to go in kind of mad at the other person for even asking this of us. But you know what? Sometimes even the best of people, they don't, they don't know. They don't know what you've got on your plate. They don't know 
what you've committed to. And I noticed that, again, to be transparent in myself, I'll, I'll get frustrated with someone I really love who I know wants the best for me. And I'm like, why are they asking this of me? They know it's hard for me to say no. And then I have to remind myself, it's my job to say the no. It's not their job to read my mind. Now, listen, if someone has asked you over and over and over and over and they're blatantly disregarding the no you've already said, then yes, that's a red flag. We're getting into the toxic category where you have to use a different strategy. But in this category of no, remember, we're talking about people who are, for the most part, you've discerned. They would respect my no, right? And I'm just putting that out there because I see it in myself. I see it in my clients. I see it in my friends. We'll all say, man, you know, I'm frustrated with this person, but they haven't actually done something wrong in this situation. I'm frustrated because I'm invited to have courage. I'm invited to grow. I'm invited to be more assertive. And that's hard for me. Okay, so we have to start looking at that as an invitation versus a reason to be frustrated with someone else who doesn't know better. Again, on this healthy side of the spectrum. Okay, so you're going to start with yes. You're going to work with that frustrated part of you that you've got this invitation, right, to do a hard thing, to grow, to challenge yourself. And then closely related to that, number three, you're going to affirm the good. You're going to force yourself to see the good the shared value, the common ground, okay? Because you're going to go into this conversation, again, with this healthy person by affirming the good, because that always helps things go better when you can affirm the good, when you can find the common ground, okay? So number three, you're going to affirm the good. You're going to figure out the common ground. And then number four, you're going to use what I call I statements. Now, I statements, I go through in detail in chapter nine on negotiation in the best of you. Again, I statements work very well within healthy relationships. They're well-researched. They're very effective. But here's the caveat. They do not work with people who are showing toxic patterns of behavior. They won't work there. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, but I tried to use my I statement. And this person twisted it and used it against me. And I'm like, exactly. They're one strategy. They work within the context of healthy relationships. They work with people who really want to honor you, who want to respect you, people who are doing their own work. So again, remember, we are talking right now about folks who, for the most part, show behaviors that are on that healthy side of the spectrum. Okay, so what is an I statement? An I statement is just what it sounds like. You start by looking at yourself. You lead with an I statement versus a you statement. And I go through this process in depth, step by step, including fill in the blanks with you in chapter nine of The Best of You. But essentially, an I statement would start with something to the effect of, I sometimes feel frustrated or overwhelmed or exhausted when we spend five days at your parents' house over Christmas, right? And again, we want to affirm the good. So in that script, we would first start with an affirmation of good, then go into the I statement. But here's the thing. It's so different to say, sometimes I get really frustrated or overwhelmed when we have to spend a lot of time with this particular family member. Maybe you're saying this to a spouse versus going them and saying, you don't care about me. You always drag me to spend all this time with your family. 
That would be a you statement. A you statement is pointing the finger at someone else. It's criticizing them. It's assuming they're doing something to hurt you. An I statement is just simply saying, hey, this is what happens inside of me when we do this, when this decision is made as a result of this behavior. And so it's taking that other person off the hot seat. It's saying, I need you to know this is what goes on inside of me. Again, remember, this only works with people who are, for the most part, healthy because someone who's not healthy doesn't care what happens inside of you. But with someone who really loves you, a healthy spouse, a healthy parent, a healthy friend, you know, you going to them and saying, hey, I need you to know this is something that goes on inside of me. And so can we please revisit how we go about doing this thing? It's a really great way to start that conversation. Okay, finally, last thing you've You've started with yes. You've gotten to figure out what you need inside of yourself first. Number two, you're not going to criticize. Number three, you're going to affirm the good. Number four, you're going to use an I statement. Number five, propose an alternative. Come to the table with a positive proposal. Suggest an alternative. It's just a great way to honor this other person. Now, again, with a healthy person, right? Sometimes you won't have a proposed alternative. You know, this especially works great with spouses. Sometimes you're just going to say no in a really nice way. But sometimes it's really helpful to propose an alternative. All right. Those are the steps. Start with yes. Don't criticize the other person for asking or for putting you in this position, assuming the best of them, right? Especially if there's someone who's shown a consistent pattern of health to you over time. Affirm the good. Use I statements and propose an alternative. So you've taken your notes. Those are the steps. Again, with healthy people, what does that look like in a real script? So many home fragrance scents smell unnatural, super sweet, chemically, or maybe even like a part of the mall you can't wait to escape. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and toxicity in our air, I am so happy that Notes Candles exists. Notes Candles is on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up high-quality fragrance that actually seems amazing. I have been loving burning the Santal and Atlas Cedar scent. It's woodsy, calming, and smells so good. I can't get enough. I love it. And they have other amazing one-of-a-kind fragrances like oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, and pistachio and rose water. Every single one of them is exceptional. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notecandles.com slash you. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code BESTOFYOU. Just use code BESTOFYOU when placing your order. That's code BESTOFYOU at notescandle.com slash you. Here are some scripts to help you through that. In the case of we're coming into the holidays, you've got to plan your holidays with your spouse, right? Start with the yes you've figured out in yourself. What you've decided in yourself is it brings out the worst in me to spend day after day after day with my in-laws. Okay, I can't do it. I've got to do it differently this year. You've done that work. You've journaled. You've processed with a safe person. You've talked to God. You know you've got to do something differently this year. You've now got to approach the conversation with your spouse. Don't criticize. Start with the good. For example, I love how loyal you are to your family. I want to support 
your relationship with your parents. I want to support you in your relationship with your siblings. Whatever it is that you can affirm, start with that. Give them the benefit of the doubt. You have immediately disarmed them by saying, this is a great quality. Whatever it is that you can genuinely say in this scenario. So you start with the good. Here's the thing. And then you get into your I statement. I can get really, really overwhelmed and frankly, even a little bit depressed if I'm stuck in the house all day for a couple of days. I feel trapped. It's nothing against you. It's nothing against them. This is just what goes on inside of me. You've used an I statement, okay? You've really been clear about what's hard for you. So you're going to then move into proposing an alternative. Maybe you ask a question. Would you be open to discussing a revised schedule for the day? For example, I'd love to spend a couple of hours with your parents over a meal, but then what I'd like to do is excuse myself and go do something else for a while. You know, and you're just making a proposal for this is what I need. Or you might say something like, I'd like to consider staying in a hotel this year so that we can go to your parents. But when I'm feeling overwhelmed or trapped or stuck, I have a getaway. I can excuse myself and you can stay. That's fine. Or maybe we together decide this is where the limit is and we're going to leave together. Or maybe I'll take the kids and do something. You know, there's lots of different room for negotiation there. But the point is you're proposing some suggested possibilities that honor their desire to be with their parents and your need to limit that time. Okay, you're negotiating, right? You're being assertive. You're saying, I want to honor you and I also need to honor myself. I'll show up in a far more healthy, generous way with your family if I've put some boundaries around it. Do you see how all of that is fairly positive? There's very little criticism there. You're honoring someone else and you're also honoring yourself. Here's another example. The friend who maybe wants to spend more money than you do or wants to do things that you don't really want to do. Okay. Again, get clear in your mind about what you can say yes to, what you want to say yes to, and therefore where you're going to have to set the boundary. It might go something like this. Start by affirming the good. I love how exuberant you are. You know, I love your zest for life that you want to eat out and and take trips. And, and I really enjoy hearing about your adventures. And I get so much from our friendship. Here's the thing. I have a different capacity. I really love staying home. I really love sort of a a simpler life. I don't like traveling that much or I really love to save money and that's not where I want to spend my money. I just want you to know that I'm not gonna do these expensive dinners anymore. I'm not gonna go to these expensive shows. I love that you love to do them. It's not my thing. I appreciate that you've invited me. I just want you to know this because I value you and I want you to know that I I honor this part of you and it doesn't work as well for me. So let's figure out the things that we actually enjoy both of us doing together. 
again, that was a little long-winded. I'm kind of speaking this out because sometimes, you know, you can read a script in a book. The the scripts that I give you in the book are a lot tighter and cleaner. But sometimes when we're talking to a friend, you know, we're working it out in real time and and we're really trying to make sure they understand that we want to honor them and we're going to honor our own limits and we're going to honor our own needs and we're going to honor our own desires for how we spend our time, our money, our treasure, and our weekends. It can also work in the reverse. So for example, maybe you have a friend or family member with whom you really long for more consistency. Maybe you feel like they blow you off, that they're irregular, they're inconsistent, and it stirs up anxiety in you. And so in a way, the the no that you're saying is to their inconsistency and what you're inviting them into is more consistency. This is also a way of establishing a healthy boundary, of asserting yourself, of speaking up for yourself. It's less about saying no, and it's more about saying the yes and requesting what you need from that friend. But again, we're de- if we're dealing with someone who is for the most part healthy, this is a conversation you can have. It takes courage, but here's one way you might do that. Again, affirm the good. I love our friendship. I love to be more intentional about how we spend time together. Are you open to a conversation about how we could connect more regularly? I'm someone who just loves structure. What if we could schedule a weekly walk and talk, you know, where we go for a walk and chat, or if they live far away, what if we could schedule a monthly Zoom or FaceTime? What if we could schedule a, you know, quarterly check-in, you know, depending on the nature of the friendship and the relationship, you're essentially, you know, asking them to meet you in the middle ground. I'm not asking you to reach out to me every day. I am asking for consistency because what's really hard for me, what I'm saying no to is this sort of erratic showing up. And you find out, and maybe they're like, I never thought about that. I just, you know, I never really thought about things that way. But sure, yeah, let's do a quarterly call. Let's do a quarterly FaceTime and and really, you know, enjoy that time together. Let's do a monthly call or let's do a weekly walk. Let's get coffee once a week or every two weeks, right? So you're kind of meeting in the middle. You're you're negotiating what you need and what you want out of that relationship in a way that honors that other person. Now, again, that's using an I statement. I love structure. I love consistency. And I, I, no criticism of you, right? You're, you don't have to say that, but that's what you're conveying in your tone. Now, a you statement would be like, you're inconsistent. You make me anxious. You're not a good friend, you know, and that's never going to be a great way to start off a negotiation conversation, a no conversation with a healthy relationship. Nobody wants to be put on the defense. Okay, now here's the thing. As we wrap up this category of no with healthy people, you might get a no in response. You might. You know, that friend who's inconsistent might come back and say, that doesn't work for me. I can't do it that way. I love you, but it's never going to work for me. Okay, And you have to figure out how to honor that. And maybe that means you're going to have to distance a little bit from that friend, not to punish them, but to protect yourself. Sometimes people say no 
to what we ask for. You know, maybe that friend who loves to go out for dinner all the time is going to be disappointed because you're saying, I'm, I'm not going to be your dinner buddy. I'd love to be your walking buddy, you know, or whatever it is. You know, I'd love to be your book club buddy, but I'm not going to be your dinner buddy. And maybe they're a little disappointed with that. Again, assuming that they're for the most part healthy, you can honor their disappointment and, and empathize with it even. I get that that's disappointing. I, I wish I could be that friend. I just, it's not going to be the best way for me to show up in this relationship. And again, if they're healthy, they'll learn to respect that. I've had this happen time and again. I've done this over and over and over and again in my friendships. You can ask my friends, you know, and maybe it makes me a little weird, but it's like, I'll say to them, I love structure. I need to put us on a system. Like, let's figure out the structure that works for us. There's some trial and error that works with that. You know, maybe someone is like, I can tell they're going to start texting me every day. I'm not a texter. I don't like texting. I'm just, you know, putting it out there. That's not my thing. And so instead of saying, stop texting me, I say, hey, let's figure out a rhythm that works for both of us. How about we try a weekly walk and talk, you know, where we don't live in the same state. We take a walk, we get on the phone together, you know, so I try to be open and creative and curious about what's going to work. I value this friend. I've decided I want some regularity with this friend. What works for both of us? So you leave it up to some trial and error and you figure out a rhythm that works. Same with your spouse, right? We, I want a date night. You know, he likes to, you know, fly by the seat of his pants. How do you negotiate something that works for both of you? Use these principles. I'm going to walk through them one more time. I go through them in detail in both chapter six and chapter nine of The Best of You in a much more sort of linear scripted fashion. You're kind of getting me talking it out in real time in this podcast episode. But start with the yes. Start with the thing that you need. That starts from inside of you. And that'll keep you, that'll help you from number two, criticizing them for not knowing what you need or the boundary that they've tripped over, right? Maybe inadvertently, they've kind of tripped over one of your boundaries. You know what it is. So you you work to not be critical of them. You work with that part of you that's tempted to do that. Number three, affirm the good. Find the common ground. This is what we have in common. We want to be in relationship with each other. We value each other. We value time together, okay? And then number four, use I statements to communicate what you're feeling isn't working, right? And it's not, I feel like what you're doing isn't working. (laughs) It's, this is what happens inside of me as a result of this behavior, right? And it's no criticism on you. It's just, I need you to know this is what happens inside of me. And then lastly, propose an alternative. Propose a couple of alternatives. Can we even have a conversation about what might work better. Again, with a healthy person, you can have that conversation and then you kind of have fun figuring that out. Again, this is all in that healthy side of the spectrum of toxicity. Now, I'm going to touch on this middle category, what I call chronic. It's where there is some good and there's also very real limitations maybe even a little toxicity. I believe this is the hardest category of no to say. This second category, saying no to folks where there's some good, you don't want to cut them out of your life entirely. You don't feel like that's the right thing to do. There might even be some good in the relationship, but there's also some toxicity. 
this is a hard category. It might be a person where there's a lot of good, but there's some limitations uh, in terms of what they can do and bring and how much they're doing their own work. It might be a person you feel some responsibility to, such as a parent, an adult child, or another family member, maybe a friend with whom you have a long history, right? But they have some really challenging qualities and some really challenging patterns of behaviors that do not seem likely to change. Maybe it's a co-parent. You know, you've divorced, but they're helping you parent your child. And so you're in relationship with this person. You know, maybe it's a work colleague, someone who goes to your church who is really challenging for you, but you're part of the same community. I think this is the hardest category of no's to say. And with that teased up, we're going to pause here and we're going to circle back next week to the second and third category of no, where actions speak far louder than words. So we're going to go into that next week. We're going to get into some of these more sophisticated skills where communication verbally is not the primary strategy. In fact, communicating with words actually is not wise, and you're going to need to lead with very clear actions. You may use some words, but for the most part, it's your actions that are going to work. We're going to get into that in next week's episode. It's the last episode in this series on how to set healthy boundaries in a biblical way, and I'm also going to answer the question, what about turning the other cheek, which, as it turns out, is a very sophisticated strategy you can use with folks who are more on this toxic side of the spectrum of toxicity. So this week, practice using your no muscle in your healthy relationships. I want you to practice saying no where there's some low-hanging fruit, where there's someone who, for the most part, you're like, this person's going to get it. It's hard I'm going to have a hard time having this conversation, but I want you to practice writing out a script, affirming the good, using your I statement, proposing an alternative, practice it with the safest person you can think of. That's how you begin to develop this no muscle. You don't start with your hardest situation. It's like going to the gym, right? You don't start with the, the heavy, heavy, heaviest weights. You start where you know you can get some success. So practice using that no muscle in a safe context this week. Use those principles I talked through in this episode today. Check chapter six and chapter nine of The Best of You, where I walk you through those things in details, including some fill-in-the-blank exercises. Practice with the low-hanging fruit. And then next week, we're going to come back where we're getting more to where there's some toxicity and even some major toxicity on that side of the spectrum where actions are are going to speak loudest, where you're going to have to get to some next level skills on how to say no in more toxic situations. I've also got a really cool strategy that I can't wait to share with you next week. It's something I've done in my own life to help me. And it really, really works. And it's the fun part of this. This is all really, really hard. So we've got to have a fun part of how to do this work of saying no in a healthy way in a respectful way, but in a way that does not let other people get the best of you, okay? 
Thank you for joining me. I can't wait to come back and finish out this conversation and this series next week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Best of You. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. You can find those on my website at drallisoncook.com. That's Allison with one L, cook.com. Before you forget, I hope you'll follow the show now so that you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you'd go ahead and leave a review. It helps so much to get the word out. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, You honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.